0: Welcome to part 2 of Health Systems CIO's podcast interview with Jamie Nelson, CIO at the Hospital for Special Surgery. In this segment, Nelson talks about how the immediacy of the crisis helped sharpen her team's focus, the fiscally cautious approach they're taking to ensure growth despite lost revenues, and the important work they're doing to improve diversity and inclusion across the organization. And is that something you saw with IT as well? Maybe not to, to that extent, but having to take on different roles and just step out of what they had become accustomed to?
1: Yes. First of all, we had people who had to be on site during the pandemic when it was very frightening. Mm-hmm. I came, of course, as a leader, but our desktop team, um, a lot of our people who deal with Epic who had to help you know, make sure that the um, patient boards were correct. So we had a bunch of very brave IT people who came into the hospital in this very scary time. We're part of the hospital's incident command center, so we helped staff that seven days a week because they wanted IT representatives there. So in case something broke, there's an IT person sitting there who can reach out to others. I was part of the executive leadership team, you know, managing this whole crisis. So people definitely stepped out of their roles. The interesting thing is how quickly decisions were made and how quickly we were able to implement things. Um, one of my favorite stories was being in the hospital on a Sunday and one of our surgeons came up to me and said, Jamie, we need in um, Epic to have some sort of color coding as to whether patient's COVID positive, COVID pending or COVID negative. And mm. it was a Sunday afternoon, it was in production Monday evening. Oh, wow. And if you've ever worked in a hospital IT uh, <laughs> system, you know, you got committee A, committee B, you have to right. code, test up. Oh, somebody doesn't like this blue, it's gotta be that blue. It happened literally overnight. So our team actually enjoyed the immediacy, the ability to Mm -hmm. focus on what had to happen and get things done, again, in a safe way, and an effective way, but without a lot of the noise, just being able to focus in and really work on very purpose-driven initiatives was a a challenge that people rose to and and really enjoyed in the end. In fact, I had one of my staff email me the other day when we kind of sent out the latest emails from the CEO saying, oh, it's heating up again. We have our IM things, you know, we'll let you know what's going on. And this particular director emailed me and saying, well, we have to staff the command center again. And I said, well, you know, I think so. Why do you ask? He said, oh, it was such a great thing to do last time. You know, really gave us a sense of meaning and purpose and you know, real attachments. Oh. You
0: know,
1: the staff really, our team really wants to help in any way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a leader, I would think that that's something you really value that ability to pivot and, and the willingness to do something different, which is, you know, it, change can be frightening for all of us. Yeah. But um,
1: again, when you have something that everybody is aligned around and, and has to face together, it makes me yeah. different. And really, I just saw the hospital really come together. Mm-hmm. The politics went away. The normal, the normal stuff of day-to-day life in, in a working environment, that's just just fell to the side and people really just work together. And I see that continuing. You know, there were barriers that broke yeah. down, relationships that got strengthened. And, um, you know, those are the positives about working through a crisis. It really strengthens a team and has a lot of, I believe, be very long-lasting uh, benefit.
0: Yeah. So now as you look to uh, 2021, um, obviously things didn't exactly happen as planned in 2020, but when you, when you look at what, what the organization hopes to accomplish, yeah, what would you really consider to be like your primary objective?
1: Well, our budgets have been cut, obviously, because the uh, yeah. like others had the, the financial fallout. For us, it was twofold, not having our normal business for a few months. And that's, you know, 90% of what we do is elective. So that was tough. And although we had COVID, it's a whole different reimbursement model. Um, And then the expense of having to care for COVID patients. So, you know, we are being very fiscally cautious right now because we want to make up for those uh, those lost revenues, which really are what fuels our ability to to grow this organization. So um, capital has been cut, operating has been cut. So things are going to, from an IT perspective, be um, a little slower and more targeted on, on really important things. But from an overall hospital perspective, there is a big focus on digital. And um, we are pushing forward with that in terms of having a digital presence for our patients, which is um, omni-channel, um, a more updated app, and really starting to collect interesting data, linking to Internet of Things, wearables. So this is a whole area that we are really continuing to focus on and, and spend money on it and build an organization around so that's that's pretty exciting um we do yeah. have new building uh, a hospital building that we are um anticipating moving forward with we got a very nice gift from a donor this year um to continue that so you know there are some some pretty major things going on but um at this point i think we're taking it one dollar step at a time you know really just, yeah you know watching that storm that's coming and figuring out how it is going to impact us
0: Right. We had spoken either it was at the end of last year or the beginning of this year. And I know that one of the, the topics that came up was that the shift toward digital and everything that had been being done to get there. And uh, I, I guess the hope is that you don't lose momentum. But then, like you said, we had this huge sea change. So it's good in some ways from a digital health perspective. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, if you look at telehealth, that's actually digital. So that got right, right, a huge true. acceleration. And our CEO um, really said, let's keep on focusing on the other more cutting edge digital digital around app development, uh, wearables and that type of thing, because the world obviously is accelerating in terms of technology. And this, as I said, when we started our conversation, this almost feels like, you know, another industrial or internet revolution, just in terms of uh, the arc of change here. So he was very determined and I think wise to say, we still need to be putting money into digital, because that will be our future. Yeah. And having a really much more frictionless, is that a right? yeah, good statement? A customer experience, you know, almost like a retail experience in terms of digital is, is really, really important. So we are continuing to move forward because we know that's going to be an important component as patients choose where um, they have their healthcare. And again, even though we are number one in the country for 11 straight years in orthopedic medicine, patients still have a choice and they still mm-hmm. are going to pass many other very good orthopedic surgery departments on the way to get here. So we have to earn every single patient and making their digital experience and their just the experience of accessing us much more customer-friendly is one of the things that we're really working on.
0: Yeah, it's, that, that's so interesting. And I know from you know, looking around at the site that there's really so much being done um, in that regard. You have that public and patient education department. And that's interesting. And I wonder if we'll start to see that more, just to have really that laser focus on that experience that's becoming such a big part of care? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, they really are talking about how do we transform orthopedic care through the use of digital tools. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a clinician. I can't speak to that. All I can say is that, you know, we're here to implement and and create the technologies that will allow our, our clinicians to really deliver care differently. And I would just say, looking at how we've used telehealth, that's going to be a jumping off point. That's a great example.
0: Yeah, uh, really interesting. I know that we don't have too much more time, but just did want to, to get into what I think is, is such an important area. And we look at 2020 and then the challenges for leaders and everything that has happened as far as Black Lives Matter movement, which is, has been so important. And just wanted to, to get some thoughts from you about what it takes to promote diversity and inclusion, and especially in fields and industries where uh, it hasn't always been the case.
1: Well, HSS immediately looked inside of ourselves and said, you know, we have worked to do here. And we have put together a diversity and inclusion initiative. And really, the beginning part is education and really taking a look at ourselves and saying, where do we need to improve, listening to staff, listening to clinicians. Um, And that's where we are right now. So um, it was very, very important for HSS to take a look at ourselves and everything from how patients treat staff based on race, color, creed, et cetera, sexuality, how clinicians, doctors, treat staff. I mean, we looked at all different bandages, and in the information was very insightful and has helped us figure out where we have work to do and where we don't have work to do. But our CEO, our surgeon in chief, both feel that this is something that is not going to be a flash in the pan and forget about. It. This is something that we've had to do. And again, the whole Black Lives Matter movement and, and the disparities uncovered by COVID have really helped us say, yeah. You know, this is, this is a major focus of ours, it's not going away. Within IT, we have done a couple of very purposeful things in terms of internships with young people from diverse backgrounds. So first of all, we've been involved in Europe for quite a while and that's an organization that takes people from various backgrounds trains them on technology, gets them internships with all sorts of amazing companies. And then these young people wind up you know, getting full-time jobs. So Europe has been um, a group that we've been working with for years. And then I'm very proud. We, um, I think this is our fourth or fifth year. We sponsor winternships. So these are winter mm-hmm. internships to young women mostly of color or uh, first-generation women attending the city university system. So the CUNY system in New York City, there's, I don't know, a dozen, 20 colleges. So they are the top of their, they are all interested in technology and they come here for five weeks in the winter and we put them on very interesting projects. So they're back here and then they do a presentation to us. So again, um, we have in the past been thinking about how do we increase the pipeline with- diverse qualified candidates because you can't, the problem is the pipeline. I've often said, why don't we have a woman in server technology? Well, because we don't have women in the pipeline and why don't you have women in the pipeline? Because women aren't, you know, going into those fields. So that's, to me, a lot of that change has to happen way back then. So if we can make a difference in the pre-college or the college level, I think that's going to help push things forward in a much more positive way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And even, you know, what you said about the organization's response, and it it just seems to me that that's really appropriate because this, this isn't something where there's going to be a quick answer, a quick solution. And I think that's such a big part of it, you know, getting past that initial, we want to fix this now and realizing that this is a change that's going to take a long time. Yeah, yeah,
1: but if you don't start somewhere, if you don't have goals, if you don't really put resources in important resources around it, it's not going to happen. So we're, we are very
0: focused on this. Yeah. All right. I think that that's it for now. Really appreciate you putting some time aside. I know that things are so busy. So thank you as always. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.